What's up, Chillinois? Today I'm in Chicago, Illinois with a very exciting group of guests. Before I get into that, let's talk about how we got to where we are today. In 2019, the Illinois General Assembly sent the Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act to Governor J.B. Pritzker's desk to be signed into law. The Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act, otherwise known as the CRTA, legalized the sale of limited amounts of cannabis to all adults ages 21 or older. January 1st, 2020 was the first day of adult use sales. At the time, there were licensed operators that were able to start selling adult use cannabis. The CRTA also included language that allowed the state to license new operators in the new and burgeoning Illinois cannabis industry. Today, I'm sitting down with Alex and Ambrose from the 1937 group. Cresco Labs recently announced that Parkway Dispensary, the retail operation owned by the 1937 group, is a social equity group supported by the company's seed initiative. Also, the 1937 group recently announced that it secured $17 million in new funding. The company reportedly closed a binding financing agreement with SGG Enterprises LLC, a private investment group. The 1937 group was one of only three groups who won a license in three separate categories out of over 7,000 total applicants, making them one of the freshest vertically integrated operations in the Illinois cannabis market. Ambrose, Alex, welcome back to the Illinois podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Cole, brother. I have to say just first of all, man, it's good to see you in person for the first time. We've talked, yeah. we've talked a number of times over the years. And this is our first time actually sitting down face to face. And, you know, honestly, I wasn't going to agree to another podcast with you unless that unless that was the case. So I'm <laughs> glad yeah. that you're here in our home uh, over here in South Shore. Um, glad to talk to you. Yeah, excited to be here. Uh, thanks for all the work you're doing for the plant and moving that forward. So excited yeah. to be here with you guys. It's a little trippy to be here in 3D, you know, first person. I, I've, you know, when I started this podcast, it's all looking at a screen. So to an extent, don't take this the wrong way, but some of the people I talk to feel fake because they, they're not in the flesh real in front of me. So it's always an adjustment here. And, and then the other thing too, and you maybe you can tell me in, in the future if you find this is the case, but you know, is the conversation a little bit different when you're face to face versus over the phone, you know? Already, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there there's just a lag uh, and it's like out of our hands. It's just technology. And since we are talking and you can, we can see each other's facial expressions, there are cues that can, you guys can give me that it's like, oh, you're about to say something. And online, yeah, yeah. sometimes I talk over my guests or vice versa. I hate it when I do it though, because it's like, I feel so rude, but it's like, it's that lag out of my hands. But anyways, I want to start with a little bit of a celebration. I mean, guys. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I appreciate it. I mean, honestly, um, so when we got our craft grow license, I think we, we did have a, a little nice internal celebration with our yeah. team. Um, but yeah, you don't you don't often have time to just sit back and reflect um, on, on the number of years that we've spent doing this. You know, all of our team members putting all you know hundreds of hours of time, effort, mm -hmm. energy, you know, putting their own money in for years just based off of having a dream and a vision and working towards it. But at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Like not making any money either, right? So yeah. years go by, you're still putting money into it, haven't gotten anything yet. I was about return. to say, you're putting money into it. You may not be making money, but you're definitely spending it. That's but it's, the but, stressful part. But I mean, but again, like we were do it, we do it because we know like things will work out the way they're yeah. supposed to work out. You know, like we've been at this for a long time. And I think the interesting thing about our group is that you know, our entire journey is has been documented. It's right there in, in public media. You just, you know, Google us, Google mm -hmm. my name in cannabis, and you'll see going back from, you know, 2019 when we were hosting educational events for the community, you know, that were cannabis related right. at the Bronzeville Incubator, right, where, where we started at. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think that's one of the things that people, they understand, they acknowledge, and... You know, as they, as they kind of look at us now, it's like it, it really helps folks to just really um, latch on to us and what, what we're doing because they, they see where we come from. We're not just popping up out of nowhere. Yeah. We didn't buy nothing. We did everything ourselves. Not corporate backed. Yeah. I think that's another big part of it, too, is, you know, we're, we're authentically social equity, you know, and there's been a big that's been a big issue in the state. A lot of people, you know, upset about the process. And yep. so 
you know, we're really trying to be intentional about being out there in the open and letting other folks know that, you know, uh, we're here to pro help provide other opportunities for maybe some of the other folks that are on the outside looking in. Yeah. Well, before we get too much further, we got a lot of exciting things to talk about, things that are coming to Illinois. I know people that are watching the podcast right now are like, oh my gosh, new brands, new stuff. Um, really quick, if you're not watching the podcast, it's chillinois.net slash video, or there's a link in the podcast description. Make it easy on you folks. Just go down below click and you can get to the video version. Um, so before we get too much further, the 1937group.com or is it just 1937 group? 1937group.com. Thank you. Yep. Cool. We'll have that in the uh, podcast description as well. Um, and again, before we get too much further, I know you've been on before, but flip of a coin, Ambrose, Alex, can you reintroduce yourself uh, and tell us just a little bit about, your, about yourselves? Yeah, you know what? I, I'm going to go ahead and let Alex kick it off right because um, he's been he's actually I've been, been in the, the, I was in the say. legal me medical legal marijuana space for you know a lot longer than than all of us here in illinois yeah prop 215 og yeah man um no i'm excited i mean honestly i'm just really excited uh to be part of such a great team and you know part of what i bring or i feel i bring to the group is you know my network and experience you know i started in 2002 in santa cruz california as a 19 year old kid just you know, excited about getting a caregiver card because at the time, you you know, in, in California under Prop 215, you know, if you had a caregiver card, you could cultivate for, you know, for uh, other folks. And so that's where I got my start. Um, later was part of a group that took an ancillary company public. So if you've ever seen the plastic pop top uh, joints, that mm. was our group started that in 2010 and then took the company public in 2015. And then I've always just done real estate in, in Illinois. And so naturally, uh, when, when legalization um, happened or was, was go, it was going adult use, um, Ambrose and I linked up through a, through a mutual friend and um, applied for some licenses. And, you know, we were fortunate enough to win the licenses. So incredibly excited. Um, you know, I'm the chief strategy officer and co-founder of the 1937 group and really just, you know, here to help run our business development, you know, uh, raising capital. We're a startup right now, so you know everything is. You know, you wear a lot of different hats, but really, my main focus is just running our strategy and and, and you know helping to build on the vision that Ambrose you know started off with and just continue continue this on, hopefully for the next many years in multiple states. Very cool. Yeah, and um, you know, just for myself, I'm I'm from from around here my whole life, and you know, I've always had you know I've always been a consumer. I've always had a relationship with the plant ever since I was a teen, right and you know, back then, you, you didn't really think about like, oh, like it's possible to have a long-term sustainable sustainable career, you know, selling weed. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, a know. lot of my family has spent their lives in and out of jail, like my whole life, you know what I'm saying? I was gonna like, say, you might've been told the that. contrary. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly, exactly. So, so like, you know, kind of seeing the in and out of jail and like what that relates to in terms of just, you know, money-making potential as you get older, right? Like they, they kind of help steer me, you know, and towards a different route. So I, I went to a UIC, um, I got my master's in healthcare administration. Um, you know, I worked in hospital management for a number of years. And, you know, I always still had a relationship with the plant, um, but, you know, obviously when adult use came up, came back around and just based off of some of the people that we were, we were always around at the time, and, you know, with the social equity program kicking off, I was like, hey, you know, based off of, you know, certain arrests I've had, you know, going back to as young as being a minor, you know, I, I am defined as a social equity applicant based off of, you know, the statute here in the state, you know, whether you agree with how they define it or not. And so I was like, hey, if they're going to extend this olive branch, let me go ahead and try and do something with it. You can't complain if you don't try and try and do it and make a difference. So so that's why I'm here. Very cool, very cool. Now, um, I'm just really excited to get get into your most recent news. Um, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about which licenses you got. But before I do that, um, I wanna make sure that my main camera is going. So uh, we'll return with licenses. We gotta make sure we capture everything, boys. You know, this is a good, I, I can feel this is gonna be a good conversation. So um, the licenses. This is huge. This is like historical. I mean, so tell us, uh, break down the licenses and break down what that means for you as a company, AKA tell people what vertically integrated means. 
Yeah, I mean, so so Illinois initially had uh, announced that they were going to be releasing you know, multiple types of licenses. One would be a, a retail license, right? Um, one would be a cultivation craft grow license. Uh, one would be an infuser license, and then the third would be a transport license. You know, from the very beginning, um, you know, we understood that that there's value to being vertically integrated in certain markets, and we believe that this was one of the markets where there was a lot of weight to being you know help being vertically integrated. And so, you know, from the very jump, our our intention was to, you know, platform with dispensary licenses, a cultivation license, and a transport license, and. You know, I was very deliberate about you know how we went about doing that and putting together the right team members that, that can help us not only write application content, but you know once we win these licenses, actually operate. Yeah. Which is, I think, kind of the trap <laughs> that a lot of social equity applicants fell into. Yeah. You know, there was there was folks knocking on their door and saying, "I'll do everything for you. Just give me X percent equity." And you know, it's like, no. Why? Why would I want? You, why would I want you to do everything for me? You know what I'm saying? Because then, when we get a license, what am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. What am I gonna be? You know, so, so yeah. So for us, you know, we then went about the work, and and it was extremely difficult because you know, uh, you know, if you look at the business, you know, the operation model related for a cultivation versus like a retail, completely two different, two two completely different businesses. Absolutely. Right? So, and then you had transport and that's what something, something else. So it's like, okay, we have to learn all of this stuff that's completely different from each other at the same time. And then at the same, and then we have to write this multi-hundred application document, multi-hundred page documents that outlines how we're going to do every single little step within the operations according to the legal laws in Illinois. And then you have to put our, our stack of paper against somebody else is doing the exact same thing but they're coming for a position where they've they're already doing it right whether out of state in state whatever it is like they're already doing it so they've got all the answers it's mm-hmm. like a freaking open it's like a written test like, <laughs> yeah they've got all the answers and we have to fucking figure it out with this much time mm-hmm. and so so yeah at the end of the day when we come out on top that's a big deal yeah yeah hell yeah so again uh for folks that don't know what vertically integrated means like you say it's business smart explain it you got it end to end, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. You want, you want. Yeah, so I mean, for for us um, or anybody for that matter, vertically integrated essentially means that everything that we do, we can do it in house. We don't have to right. rely on a third party. Mm-hmm. Now, naturally, on the retail side, if you're a cultivator, you're going to want a lot of retails that you don't own and people that you're working with to, you know, sell your brands into those yeah. stores. But essentially, having a transportation, cultivation, and retail will allow us go from seed to sell. Um, and cover all aspects of the business without having to outsource anything. Bingo, yeah, you don't have to outsource anything. Yeah, so when you control the different, you know, um, aspects along that supply chain, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and this is something that you, you often say is like there's a, there's, there, there is, li- there is going to be a day, right, when price con- con- compression comes to Italy, sure, right? And there might be an incentive for those operators with big cultivation footprints to cause it in order to drive the smaller operators out of the market, right? And so, you know, again, just like as another example, being vertically integrated mm-hmm. kind of will allow you to be insulated a little bit from right. some of those market pressures as long as, you know, you've got the product and you've got the quality and you've got the consistency mm-hmm. and you've got the you've got the the community behind you, right? And, you know, right. just the, the loyalty from that standpoint. Yeah. Definitely. People a lot a lot of people have been voicing those concerns. What happens if you only win a dispensary license? Are the operators going to like corner you out? And so, like you say, a good way to, around that is to grow your own product and sell it, sell it, bring it, bring it between your locations so that you don't have to outsource any of that. And like you say, insulate yourself within this, what's about to be a really competitive market. I mean, one of the things that Wait, I, can I ask you though? Yeah, go ahead. I just want to throw another perspective out there just to just. You know, we don't know how this thing is going to play out. When you say really competitive market, right, we know that there's a number of dispensaries that are going to open up. If you're talking about on the cultivation side, there's a number of licenses that were given out. Yeah. And we don't know what percentage of those will actually open up. Right. Yeah. It's a very difficult time right now for mm-hmm. license winners on our yeah. side. Right. Very, very difficult, especially on the cultivation side. So so I just want to throw that caveat, caveat and maybe even like just clarify when you say competitive like in, when, in what in what way is important because 
we might find ourselves in a position where not much has changed on the cultivation side, you know, two years from now. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we can, um, let's talk about some of those complications. I don't know if you're having to deal with them, but maybe you've heard about it on the street. I mean, there are supply shortages. Sand is in short. <laughs> We're having a sand shortage, which is really important for glass and concrete, right, right. which of course is needed for buildings. Um, have you heard about that or experienced any of those issues? You know, like, like is that part I, of what you're talking about? I almost feel like any 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 barrier that you could put in front of us is, is <laughs> you've been put in it. front of us. <laughs> capital, know, I mean, capital years. is a, an incredibly you know important part of this whole thing, and having access to the right capital, right? Because there's a lot of money out there, but the terms are not that great, or they're predatory, you know. And so a lot of these other fellow license winners are you know, really frustrated with the process and then having the restrictions on canopy space, mm -hmm. you know, it's been really hard for businesses that are starting up to retain majority ownership and get the funding that they need yeah. with all of these limitations. Yeah. Yeah. I think on our side, one of the things that we were, we were fortunate uh, to be able to do is that, you know, we were on the first wave of craft girl license winners. And so, you know, as soon as we, you know, got that license, that piece of paper, we were we were on it. You know, we were updating our um, pitch deck. We were we were, you know, essentially started raising money right off the bat, and that allowed us to start moving forward with some of the things. So that you know, when we're at this point now with this big supply chain, you know, shortage like causing issues, um, you know, we tried to get ahead of the, ahead of that as much as possible sure. by you know preparing and you know purchasing and putting deposits down on the things that that we need. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're hoping that, you know, obviously that, that kind of bears, bears fruit in you know, getting us to market at the, around the time that we're expecting. Sure. Sure. Well, uh, let's, I'm trying to get names out of, out there so that it gets in people's heads. So we've already said the 1937 group, the 1937group.com. We'll have Parkway Dispensary, something we've mentioned, uh, Helios Labs, and then your transportation group, Highwayman Security. Is that right? That's right. I love that. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Good job. <laughs> Can I just, I know this is probably just a softball question, but I don't figure you mind easy questions. Like, what did it feel like to finally get, what did you get? A notif an email, a call, a bunch of calls? <laughs> what, like, when, for the first license, let's just yeah, start with yeah, that. Can yeah, I, yeah. I just, yeah, I'm curious. Day, right? It's like a, gold, a golden a surprise, ticket. A big, uh, a good surprise. Right? It, was, it, was, it was more like, you know, we... As social equity applicants have been used have been had been used to getting disrespected by the state yeah. left and right you know and one of the one of the biggest issues that we've had was just a lack of communication you know what's going on what are you doing what the timing is and so you know for the dispensary licenses we we're sitting on our hands for two years waiting for our license that we had already been awarded right on the craft growth side you know, there was a one year delay. We were just sitting on our hands. But again, we didn't know how long it was going to be before right. they announced the winners of these licenses. So after, you know, about a year of not hearing anything, knowing anything, you know, one day we get basically 24 hours before we got our license, we got notice from the state that we were going to be getting a license. So that's that's like how quickly things happen. Mm -hmm. um, but can I ask you, like, like it, what was that moment like? Do you yeah, get the well, notification? Well, so eventually, we, like the next day when they're supposed to send the actual notifications out, like me and me and my team member, Eric, Eric's like, on these types of days, he's like the first one to notice everything. <laughs> he's like checking his email like every five minutes. Yeah. So, but in this case, you know, I was, I just happened to see the email come in with the subject, like who it was from. I clicked it open and, and yeah, I was like, holy shit, this is it, right? So yeah, it was, it was a big relief. It was... You know, it's kind of it's kind of one of those things like it's hard to even explain, right? I mean, mind you, we've been paying rent on the building. You know, it's like it's, right. it's a lot of emotions going on, relief, mm -hmm. celebratory. You know, it's like a little <laughs> bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I mean, because you're the still there. is a little bit more validation too, right? Maybe yeah. that's what it is too, because it's like we got we want to we won this license, but honestly, we put so much work into it. I knew for a fact we were gonna win it. Yeah. Yeah. But like you say, it was, it probably didn't feel tangible or real until it actually was. And they're like, okay. And like I say, you see the light at the end of the tunnel, but let's be clear, you're still in the tunnel. I mean, you gotta, we gotta plant seeds, we right. gotta open doors and all those things. So, um, just, just curious on like any fronts, any, I mean, obviously your transportation license requires you to have something to transport. 
but do you have any ideas on cultivation or retail when you would be open at all? Yeah, man. Like we're, we're, we're making lots of moves out yeah. here, you know, like we're not even, we never stopped. Even when they tried to stop us, we were never stopped. Like yeah. there's lots of things that we've been doing in the background on the ground. And, and as, as I'm sure you understand, there's a lot of work that goes behind behind the scenes that people don't ever see, mm-hmm. you know? And so we've got a number of things going on that are really only meant to strengthen our position. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I'll just start off by saying the craft, the craft grow. We're looking at um, having product on shelves in November of this year, which is a massive deal. Yeah. You know, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's it's yeah. So so that's number one. You know, I think on the retail side, uh, you know, our dispensary is going to be a little bit longer because we're going to have to do a ground up build. Sure. So that's that's going to take more time. But, you know, um, at the same time, you know, we we understand that there's value in having a larger footprint in Illinois. And mm-hmm. and if you're going to do it, the time is really now. And so for us, we've been very active in leveraging our position as kind of one of the leading vocal out there social equity groups that's really making a lot of noise and doing things mm-hmm. um, to to kind of transition that into into deal flow and you know partnership opportunities with others that you know are in a similar boat maybe similar you know vision and values and they like what we're doing and they want to be part of it and so you know we're all we're already like i don't know if we want to get into all of that but like there's like yeah if you think about the what we've got right now what what we're all what we're what we're working on is probably about three four times bigger than that yeah. And it's all going to, it's all being done at the same time. Yeah. A lot of moving parts, <laughs> yeah. a lot of moving parts. So the grows in Bellevue. Broadview. 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 I'm not. So I was close. Yep. Uh, the, where is Parkway going to be? Or do you have an idea yet? Or is it like, you well, know, how does really, that work? Really? We, um, so we have two different concepts, mm-hmm. right? Or, or you could call them brands as it relates to uh, our retail dispensaries. Right, so Parkway is is one. It kind of have its has its own lane, its own look, its own feel when you sure. walk in. Um, Kush League is another mm-hmm. uh, the, our second kind of brand um, for our dispensary line. It also has a separate product line associated with it. Right. It has kind of its own lane, right? And so depending on where we have stores at, right, and, and you know what just what the community is like and what what we feel like they'll gravitate more to is what the that defines what we put where in terms of Parkway dispensary versus yeah. know, Kush League dispensary. Yep. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, I can already tell you right now, just a little bit of what you've talked about is going to make uh, Illinois consumers really happy. You know, the thing is, is that this market has, I actually have figured out a way to put it into a bottle. Um, people are really frustrated and confused and upset. And I've, just started to tell people, you know, this market's not made for you uh, or it wasn't made for you. And the, the people that are, were currently operating aren't growing it for you. I'm talking about the original operators. Let's be clear. So before you had all gotten licenses, everybody's gotten licenses, the original state of this market, these companies, in my opinion, don't report to the consumer. They report to their shareholders. Correct. So why would they give you a deal? Why would they cut do you think the shareholders want to get less dividends or whatever it returns? I don't know. Not a big stock guy. Um, You know, it makes sense when you really boil it down to that. So that's why I'm excited for local people that actually care about the community. Um, I'm glad that people like you are getting involved in the cannabis industry because it's, you know, if I could quickly, and I, I feel like you guys will be able to piggyback off of this easily. Illinois cannabis community has not felt like the Chillinois cannabis community. It's not Chillinois at all. <laughs> I'm sorry to use my own name as the pun, <laughs> but this is not Chillinois. This is really not, you know, like so far there. Now look, summer with, with the return of a little bit of normalcy after COVID, it was nice to see events and everything, yeah. but I just can't wait to see more cannabis companies like yourselves open up doors. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah thanks. I mean, I think a lot of what we're doing to Ambrose's point is really intentional, you know, uh, specifically to your point about the cannabis consumer. And I think that there's a, a big lack of meeting those consumer needs in the marketplace right now. And 
you know, that's kind of the angle, you know, that we'll, we'll um, come into the market with is, is really focusing on what we know, which is what cannabis consumers really like and, and, um, and, and take that into many different uh, levels and, and, you know, from genetics and, and strains and products and SKUs. And so, you know, we've already been working behind the scenes on multiple brands that are really nice. dedicated for the culture, not mm-hmm. for corporate cannabis. And hell yeah. You know, um, so that'll be a different experience. Um, and then, you know, as Ambrose mentioned, in terms of our internal different concepts, that's something that we're incredibly excited about too, is really taking the knowledge and experience of, you know, and, and also seeing what's out there now. And yeah. if you ever go to a dispensary in Illinois, I mean, it's no new news but if you've talked to anybody um it's you know it's it's not designed for an experience whatsoever right and so that's what we're excited about is not only bringing that experience but also the the new footprint of all of the different licenses and seeing the different you know uh, approaches to the retail side of things and making it different and Mm -hmm. you know for the And, and, and that's the other thing too is like when we talk about the current dispensaries the current operators current cultivators like honestly like I don't have any reason to say anything negative about them. Right. Like, like I don't care. Like I'm doing my own thing. We got our own lane. Yeah. And as long as I just execute on on what I'm doing, like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fine. Like I don't need to bump myself and compare myself See? to them. See, and you got the right viewpoint at it. I've been trying to drill home uh, Ed Rosenthal, who's a pretty big figure in the cannabis oh, yeah. community. He's got something called the Tomato Model, and I could read the whole thing, but let me just drill it down to what I think you just said. Commercial cultivators can thrive alongside specialty and home cultivators. Right. And I'll add on to that, that none of any of those parties should be intimidated by any, yep. you know, it's right. just like tomatoes. Right. I, I, people sometimes don't like when I use that example because they're like, you can't get high off tomatoes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, no doubt. Right. <laughs> um, but I'm talking about, it's an agricultural commodity that is grown both by home growers, specialty cultivators and commercial growers. And there is no issue there. It's not like, yeah. you know, so. Well, the other thing, too, I think it also ties ties to what you said about what's missing in the Illinois market and the community just yes. in general. Right. So it's like, you know, for me, I'm, I'm more so focused around, you know, one of the things I'm focused around is kind of like tearing down those barriers that kind of keep us apart. Like when you think about the cannabis community, like you said, Cannabis Expo. It's like one group of people that go from one expo to the next in different places of the country and they all know each other, right? Right. And if you think of like the music community or the fashion community, it's like they all smoke weed too. You know what I'm saying? They're part of the cannabis community also. And so it's like, it's, it's by, you know, deliberately doing things that kind of reaches out to those, all those people, all of those folks that are part of the real cannabis community and bringing them together is how we increase our reach. And that's, you know, an example of that is is something else that we're doing in November, the KVL International Flower Ball, which is something that I'm excited about. You know, we're we're about to launch actually pretty pretty in the next few days. Some sweet, sweet. Well, uh, yeah, we'll have to uh, get a hold of some announcements or something so that we can help you share that. I'd love mm-hmm. to help get people there. So, mm-hmm. you said that's a flower ball. Can yeah. you give me a general idea of what might be happening there? Yeah, yeah. So you know, basically, it, it goes back to, you know. My my intent of always trying to lean into my strengths or the strengths of the people on my team, you know, like that's how you do things easy and you do it the right way, right? As you're yeah. working in people's like places of strength where they where they really can excel. Yeah. So I have a team member who has, you know, like they they run fashion shows for a living, right? You know, they've done fifty plus all around the country, and and so you know we we know cannabis expos, but you know I also feel really bothered by like when you go to a cannabis expo like nobody's allowed to smoke you yeah. know like you don't see yeah. anybody smoking weed like that that kind of bothers me <laughs> yeah right so so it's like you take these concepts and, and like in my head and i start to put them together i'm like you know what like i think that there's something we can do that hasn't really been done before so it's kind of taking that fashion show concept bumping up combining it with the cannabis expo right making it for the culture and and really and, and just kind of doing it doing it nice we're doing it in a really upscale facility sin city um you know it's gonna be it's gonna be top shelf right uh so basically the first part of the day is cannabis like more of a cannabis expo with you know different activations and you know really engaging a lot of the folks that are here right now yeah um, in chicago and doing their thing but 
they haven't had a platform really to like go above water and so sure. and that's part of, that's another part of what, what we're looking to do just long term but yeah and then later on in the night it's uh there's a fashion like a real fashion runway show sweet the event is going to be co-hosted between us and money mayha from 92.3 the after party after the runway show is going to be dj'd by dj ferris and dj mathis you know we've got participants you know that uh they are coming from you know west coast east coast pacific northwest michigan like big it's like again again it's it's really for the culture and that's what people gravitate to that that type of stuff this is huge and i'm glad to hear that it's going to be part of continued efforts that it's not just the thing that y'all are doing like you know to you know stir up whatever um so that's that's really exciting and it's something that i again think is lacking right now like there's not really that connection between the community and the cultivators in illinois i think the only connection between the community and the cultivators are that uh dish out a lot of money on the product (laughs) that's like that's the connection the connection is that it affects my bank account um so anyways um talk about cultivators Talk about this train Mason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. It's uh, pretty ridiculous. It's pretty ridiculous. What did you roll up? Uh, this is actually uh, gifted to me. Um, it's, you know what? I think it is a cross with OG. Did you say you liked OG? I can't remember the strain name right now. My phone's over there, but I think it's a cross with OG and it's homegrown. So feel free if, um, but, but yeah, um, what was I, uh, what was I going to say? So tell us about, uh, so you, you mentioned Parkway Kush League. You were telling me about Kush League. Um, tell us a little bit about the idea behind it. Yeah. So Kush League is, is, um, you know, it's a brand that's intended to service the culture, you know, and merge really the fashion, music and sports community into cannabis. Cause as Ambrose mentioned too, you know, that's already an existing part of each one of those independently and part of the cannabis uh, community and, and part yeah. of the brand's uh, mission is to really kind of focus on the destigmatization of of um, of cannabis and sports. Yeah, you know, you you recently seen Kevin Durant come out uh, on a pretty in a, you know his platform is big. He came out openly on a podcast or an interview saying that he was high, and you've got all these other you know it, you know it's they're not anomalies. I mean, they're happening. You know, Brittany Griner, you've got Shakari Richardson, and all these all of these athletes that you know are are being treated differently because of their use of cannabis, you know, in many states it's legal now. And, um, you know, there's a lot of big influence as, you know, not supporting cannabis. So that's why it's remained the way that it has for many years. And so Kush League is a brand that's really just focused on, you know, removing that stigma and letting people know that cannabis and, and sports can coexist and they have, and there won't be any lack of performance and still be used responsibly. And, you know, um, and really just removing a lot of the really bad things for your body, like the opioids and things that these athletes are kind of been given. And so yeah. we'll have product lines that are really s- specific. Um, and then, you know, the name Kush League is, it goes back to like, you know, for me in the industry, OG Kush was a really big part of our life in the cannabis culture yeah. back in California. And so we plan to do some creative things along the Kush lineages from OG Kush to Bubba Kush and focusing more on those kind of kind of strains. But yeah, we're really excited, excited about it, and dope. Can't can't wait to uh, get some products on on the shelves in Illinois. Yeah. Now, Ambrose, what were you gonna say about this, bud? Did you have Did you have something to say about this this exquisite flower? That well, we might I, be I was tested? gonna I was gonna let you go ahead and kind of take a take a take whip, a smell. Right? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Actually, we got this uh, bangerang right here, uh, Alex. It's one of my favorites. And folks, if you're watching right now, I'll chop in a close up of this bud. So. Oh yeah. Yes, it's quality so, cannabis so, right so there. So it's uh, a mix between rainbow chip. Yeah, the um, so the bangarang, um, which I really like, has the the lemon tree lineage, and so uh, it's crossed with, I believe it's uh, bonkers and rainbow chip. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And uh, yeah, it's it's really a unique, got very unique terps. It was. Um, it's like you can Fino tell. hunted by Strain Mason, and it was bred by uh, Exotic Mike Genetics, who's one of the yeah. the bigger um, breeders in the country that does a lot of really good work and and uh, crosses. So, so yeah. are you guys looking at anything like this to like working with people like this to try to 
bring some of these types of crosses here? I know that that yeah, might be a little yeah. proprietary, might even be a little soon to ask, but I'm just curious. You, sm you smelled it right I haven't here. smelled the second one. Oh, the second one, this is this, is this one. This is gastro pop. Gastro pop. Um, this was originally a pheno bred by um, compound genetics, yeah. right? Yeah, pheno hunted by Strain Mason, but it was pheno hunted by Strain Mason. Bred by Chris uh, from like, Compound Genetics. Those pretty much, pretty much all we smoke right now is I'll is Strain this one Mason, in my bag. man. <laughs> I we, all we smoke is Strain Mason. You know, what I'm saying like that's that's our, our our boy. You know, he's a cultivator here in Illinois, and like he grows the most top shelf weed you'll ever see anywhere we go. You know what I'm saying? We pull out this weed and people are like, oh, starstruck. They're like, holy shit, like, what is this? So, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's, the, those, both of those jars are coming home with me. Uh, so I'm not <laughs> joking. Um, so that, that's really cool. Say, do, say their name again. Do they have social media or anything? Strain Mason. Strain so, Mason. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a guy, Strain Mason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's cultivator. Strain underscore Mason. Perfect. On IG. Off to connect with them, and uh, we'll throw that handle in the podcast description, folks. So, bro, like, honestly, if, if you had, a, you, if you had a podcast with him, it would be fire because this dude is like a genius. Like when it comes to like growing weed, hell yeah, you know, like he, like he's got such a love for the plant and what he does, yeah, he's really and he's so intelligent and the way he's got everything dialed in. Right, it's amazing. Hell yeah. Well, I will definitely hit him up. I'll definitely hit him up. But yeah, going back to the brands though, you know the the other kind of one that we're working on uh, as kind of one of our leading brands would be um called Terp Kings. Hell yeah, saw that. Right. So, so yeah, so I mean, Turk Kings, obviously, so the, so the focus initially was, all right, we want to focus on just flower strains that have unique terpene profiles or high terpene percentage, right? Like, that's the idea from the, from the, from the, from the get-go, right? But also, I think it's important because there's, a, there's like just a, an educational aspect that goes along with it. You know, a lot of folks, they just buy based off of TAC percentage and there's like a high correlation between know saying the cost of weed and the THC percentage and folks are not understanding that like you know judging quality in weed is not about just picking that one molecule and saying yeah more of this means it's better weed <laughs> yeah right or it's gonna get me higher it's gonna make me feel better we don't you drink know? like that yeah yeah so there's, there's a whole like <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly like I don't go to the bar saying just give me the highest proof alcohol you got here's 99% rubbing yeah, alcohol. Yeah, yeah here you go like <laughs> Like that would be stupid if that's how you have how you how you you know judge quality and alcohol. So you know there's a similar type of thing you know going yeah. on in cannabis right now. You know where obviously you got you got to start taking into account you know things like the terpenes, terpene profile, flavonoids, all the cannabinoids. You know, <laughs> if it doesn't smell, if it doesn't taste right, I'm sorry, but that's part of the smoke. So it doesn't smoke right for us. I mean, we never even you know? back in the day looked at percentages of of you know, THCA. I mean, at the end of the day, well, that only started when corporations got involved. I was going to say, And then I started yeah. thinking about it and I was sort of wondering, you know, is there any, you know, correlation with manipulation of the industry based on them being able to control testing labs and set a price based on THC or something mm -hmm. like that? I mean, you know, but there's no true distinction, you know, or, 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 or evidence that something with a higher THC is better quality than something that... Or even gets you higher. I think I've seen things that say like, you don't actually even get higher, like at some point. Well, yeah, and so here, here's an interesting conundrum too, because it, to another, to, pl to play to the point where you're talking where it doesn't make sense when we're looking at this by THC percentage. In Illinois, uh, products with higher THC percentage are actually taxed higher, yeah. which so you can see uh, maybe, maybe a motivation to falsify lab reports. We won't get into that, but um, the idea is because that's, you know, you can easy, you can just, people can look that up online. Um, my thing is Illinois, um, just a policy completely unrelated to cannabis. We've got a soda tax. Why do we have a soda tax? Well, we figure the logic behind it is if you're drinking soda compared to a bottle of water, we're going to tax that more so that maybe you might go for the bottle of water. At least that's what I've been told the logic is. Right. Just, just hold, hold on for a second. Now, so with cannabis you could argue that that and many physicians have argued that eating it and that vaping it is uh safer than smoking it yet we're taxing the arguably maybe less or sorry more healthy products more do you follow my logic i know i'm yeah, saying a lot of yeah, words yeah. i'm high but yeah, I saw something do you else. follow me on that 
you'd think bit. you'd think that following the logic of soda the healthier products aka so, so you're just calling out like there's just a different motivation behind why the higher tac is taxed higher yeah it doesn't and you would think that because those products are healthier like you'd think that you in the vein of a soda tax you would want to maybe tax the flour higher i'm not advocating for any of these things i'm just talking about logic <laughs> just talking about logic yeah, there's based. a lot of things that are done in the industry that are not logical that's <laughs> exactly. not, that's not yeah. talking about taxing anything higher <laughs> yeah yeah let's keep that out, out of here reducing the taxes for sure so um what do you what do you look forward to most is it getting product on the shelf is it that community connection and fostering that more is it all of it? I mean, what 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 do you see in your future? What do you look forward to? I'm most excited personally about just everything we have going on, getting operational. You know, yeah. we've been really working so hard. And, you know, there's this, also there's this misconception, we've talked about it many times, of that celebra celebratory phase of winning a license, but really the work just begins at that point, right? Um, then you have to get the business set up. You have to raise capital. And for us, you know, as Ambrose mentioned, you know, we have pretty aggressive growth plans and we want to enter the market, uh, capturing a lot of the market as, as early as we can. And, um, you know, and, and then leveraging our platform to truly help others, you know, and, and there's a lot of wonderful people that are in the space that have crazy talents. And, you know, there is a benefit for them, you know, to attach themselves in terms of the support that they may not be able to do on their own. And that support isn't out there for them to do, you know, on yeah. the legal side of the market. Yeah. And so getting some people with some really great brands and ideas and things that they're doing in the space and helping them kind of come with us in a way, right? yeah. that's, that's always been something that's, I think, um, important to us, you know, and the foundation and all of the things that we have kind of going on, you know, for job training and- Yeah, I mean, I um, think, yeah, the question, the answer for me is just like, probably the same, right? Maybe a little bit more short-winded i just want to to do what i'm you know get done what i'm working on right now like when i like that's what i'm looking forward to is actually seeing the end product and the results of all the work that i've been putting in for yeah. years <laughs> yeah well hey something you brought up that i want to make sure that we touch on because i feel like it's important i thought it was a cool thing that you that the 1937 group does um you do give an opportunity for uh I'm sorry because we're stoned and my memory is fleeting, but um, opportunity for creatives to to get involved. I saw something on your website yeah, where you yeah. can like, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know yeah. that a lot I mean, of we could just talk about the Turkings and what we did with the creative side. Of yeah, that. yeah, I think that's what he's referencing. Yeah, yeah bingo. Yeah, the yeah, I'm straight. I'm I think I think yeah, I think that's what he's referencing. Yeah, so so yeah, you know that that's one of the things, right? We talk about like always looking for opportunities to extend our platform you know, to others, whether it's, you know, even vendors that we work with or, or things like that. Like, I need some help from somebody, graphic designer. Like, hey, you've never, you didn't know that there's opportunity to work in Canvas. Well, there might be one right here. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's see if you're a good fit. And then on top of that, man, I might give you some money either way, you know, and that's, and that's kind of what we did. And, you know, the idea wasn't just to give money away, but, you know, as it relates to the Terp Kings in general as a brand, there's like a whole artistic angle to it that's going to blow people away, you know? And so, you know, part of it was to see if I could find that talent, you know what I'm saying, right here in the city of Chicago. Um, so that was, that was really the intent, but, you know, it went, it went really well. And I think, yeah, I, it's, it's along with our, you know, fits in with our mission, kind of what we do. Yeah. I like, I like it because it doesn't feel like we got our license. Now we're just going to do our thing and we're just going to sell it to you. Like you have opportunities to get in, and then, like you say, use that as a leap pad to do other things. You know what I mean? So community engagement. We're engaging the community of artistic folks, and yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing about you know us and how how we kind of run this company is just like I like to make it very like well rounded. You know, it's like we don't just throw parties. You might see our iTunes like oh like they do a bro party. Oh, that's a dope party. Like that's not all we do, right? It's like we're we're doing other things. Like we're doing. We're doing shit legislatively, you know, like going down to Springfield and trying mm -hmm. to like advocate for, you know, for ourselves. You know, we're, we're building brands. We're doing like we're doing this fashion show and bringing all these brands from across the country together. 
you know, we're doing this freaking video series for Rolling with the Terp Kings. Actually, so that's something that I yeah, want to talk about. Talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the series is kicking off next week. So Rolling with the Terp Kings, right? It's oh, a yeah. video series. We shot six episodes. And we'll have the promo in the podcast description because you have that up now. So yep. Yeah. So I'm going I'm to tell you just like the, the um, where I got the idea from initially, right? Just like yeah. the influence. <laughs> It's, you know, you ever seen that um, YouTube series where they like eat hot wings with hot sauce? Yeah, with, hot like, ones. And they have, yeah, and they have a celebrity there and they're just eating Great hot show. wings and just like chopping it up while they're eating the hot wings. Like that was kind of the inspiration for the show is to say like, okay, you know, you sit down, obviously it's an interview style with somebody that's a local celebrity mm -hmm. right, in their own right. And, you know, they have a conversation um but they also doing it you know over weed yes and and it's not just like any weed like these are strains that we're looking at right now potentially being part of the, of the terp kings um strain list right for the you know when we launch so it's like these are like you know those types like high quality strain mason quality you know type of weed and so we like have everybody like we have going and like smell the weed roll it up right there on the camera, mm -hmm. smoke it, tell us what you think, talk about like the flavor profile. Right. That's why I, I want to do Jungle Cape for the first one. Hell yeah. Just cause like, man, he broke that shit down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jungle K, we're gonna throw, he's been on the podcast before folks, you recognize him. Uh, we'll have podcast appearance and social media handles in the podcast description. I like to support our fellow yep. creators and that's awesome. I, I'm really excited to see that one come out. Yeah, it was good content. He's really cool as hell. Hell yeah. Well, that's exciting. That's exciting. So can I, is it a mixture of, uh, asking about the smoking experience, but then like you say, with hot ones, you have those different questions that you throw in and it's, I feel like that adds to it cause you're high as fuck and you got to try to answer these questions. You know, is that kind of how the it's, show works? It's, it's meant to be just like more of like a two way dialogue, sure, sure. like, but start off with like, just telling me a little bit about yourself and yeah. how you get into what you do. So like, you know, again, it's, it's like kind of giving them a platform. So when people, they don't know, like see it they're like oh okay like i get a little bit of a background first about yes. you and then honestly the conversation just flows from there yeah you know and at some point they're like all right tell me tell me what you about to roll you know and like do they do that part and yeah mm -hmm. that's that's pretty much the formula they also ask them you know how they came into contact with the plant for the first time yeah they sure. talk about their relationship with the plant like all of them are like they like top it in their field and whatever and like all whatever they do they're all in different areas Hell yeah. right but like they also have a relationship, like a deep relationship with the plant. And Fuck so yeah. in some answers, and you know, in some instances it's like a big part of their, their business and in some instances probably maybe not, you know? Mm -hmm. Will you be like releasing this on YouTube under like the 1937 group or something or under Terp Kings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be cool. launching another 1937 group um, Cool. YouTube. So yeah, we'll have all those links in the description. I always try to make sure people can find everything we talk about because people get frustrated. You talk about something like, where is that? So, yeah, man. Like I was just kind of just getting started with YouTube, man. I only got one video posted on YouTube <laughs> by that. That was just kind of like our intro video that, sure. that we made. Sure. You know? Well, this is all really exciting uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, a cannabis company getting involved in media like that, getting involved in the community like that. But then I'm just, I'm really looking forward to... Uh, seeing the products on shelves and as i told you guys the other day i'm excited to uh, i think the word i'm looking for is patronize your uh establishment in other words spend some money there uh so yeah looking forward to all that and i think uh, our community is looking forward to more places and more uh groups to to connect with because again i feel like part of it is now the community part is coming around yeah. You know, we've got Lollapalooza and all these things coming back, even though like uh, the thing you said it, you can't you, technically you can't smoke there. So it's like, what even is the point? But uh, yeah. Yeah. And I know it happens anyways. But, um, you know, uh, so, yes, the community is coming back in that way, but still what's lacking. And you probably know this because in, in California, there's an awesome cannabis community. Like, I feel like that's what people think about when they think of cannabis being legalized They're like okay right. now we're gonna have these cool <laughs> events and all these and it just didn't happen yeah you know yeah. so so just to like chat easy breezy stuff for a moment um what what is it like coming from those 215 days to now i mean oh man so because you've been in it 20 you know, years <clears throat> right I mean, it was it was uh yeah man so i've been in it for 20 years it was different times you know much less cooler, 
much more risky. Any seed to sale? Um, <laughs> Not in the early days, right? No, I mean, we grew our own, you know? So we, I mean, in fact, it's so funny because you mentioned Ed Rosenthal and I was just telling the story the other day. When I moved to Santa Cruz for college, I went down to Pacific Avenue and they had all the smoke shops with all the, you know, Rasta colors in those, in those shops. And I, I'll never forget, we started growing because I picked up an Ed Rosenthal book and that's how I learned how to grow weed. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. We started with a four lighter in, in, in uh, my, so- my sophomore year. It was my, one of my best friends today. His mom owned the house and rented it out to a bunch of college guys and we all played sports in college. So it was like, the, we called it the Cali house. And in the back, we had a jacuzzi and a shed. And so we were living big in the college house with a jacuzzi and then we were yeah. growing weed in the shed. And, <laughs> and then, and then, um, and that just, you know, just, I think with the plant and the community of that and the search to constantly just learn more about it, the curiosity is really for me, what, you know, what it was like just evolving. And then as you're in that underground scene, you just talk to other fellow people, but the, it was nothing like today. Cause <clears throat> there was no social media really at that time. A few years later, MySpace got going, but yeah. before that, it was just purely, you know, you grow weed. <laughs> what soil are you using? <laughs> right. When in fact, we used to actually have to park. Um, there used to be a hydro store by our house, you know, and we'd have to park like three blocks away because we didn't want anybody to see us pull up into the. Park. It was just a different world, you know, and uh, you know, I mean, I, I I love the plant, you know. Uh, I'm here for that reason, and um, yeah, we're, I'm just excited, man. I'm excited about the the market here because it's just so new. Yeah, and to be able to leverage a lot of that experience and bring it here, I just yeah, it's so weird it. actually to think about that how it's been legal like you know medicinally for so long, and now recreationally for so long. It's almost been legal medicinally for ten years. Yeah, yeah, almost. But the, other, but the, but the, the thing about it is like how there's no brands that you feel like are real authentic, like Chicago brands or, mm-hmm. like, you know, no. like that you can rally around. In know? fact, uh, when people come like to Chicago and they post on like Illinois trees, they're like, hey, trying to look for some good weed. They're like, well, then don't go to the dispensaries, <laughs> you know, That's like find somebody else. thing that we hear is that same statement. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, no, no reason to yeah. waste the time, you know. I mean, it's a. Anyways, I wanted to ask you. I feel like you, you've got an interesting like perspective on this, like because I, I, I'm sure with this comes a. This is another way to com- connect with the community. A lot of employment opportunities, and one of the questions I feel like is always weird is that like cannabis companies I've seen like job postings, and they're like, we want this many x amount of x amount of experience, and it's like this has just been legalized. So maybe if you were fortunate enough to live somewhere else, you can have that, uh, on your resume like you do. I mean, you are able to do that. Um, but I feel like you have an interesting, probably in a better perspective on being able to vet that. But I'm just curious, like what are some of your employment, uh, opportunities? Like, are if it's too premature to answer this question, I'm just curious if you're like staffed out, you got a cultivation staff. Um, yeah, I, um, I mean, you always, it always starts with the, you know, good genetics. That's yeah. the number one thing I think is when you're growing weed, you have to have a good grower and good genetics. And I, I would say, you know, that's two of the areas, those, both those areas we're really strong in, you know, leveraging <clears throat> growers that have a long, many, 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 many years of successful growing experience. And just based on results, I mean, you look at the quality here, you can <laughs> yeah. see, you know, there's, there's, you know, procurement is something that we're, we specialize in, you know, and so knowing what the consumer wants, it's not mm-hmm. always the highest THC like we talked about. You yeah. Know? And so, you know, the brand Terp Kings was a brand that we introduced for that reason, as Ambrose mentioned, because it's, it's to showcase like a wine, the different aspects of, you know, the varietals and the, and the, and, and, and specifically the terpene profile. And we're doing it in a cool little way too. I'm not gonna yeah. talk too much about it, but like I yeah, talk you about gotta follow, follow, piece. follow at Turk like. King's official to get more information and follow yeah. what we're doing. It's, it's just a unique count, uh, concept that hasn't been done yet. Well, people that listen to this podcast know why I just got really excited because you didn't use the word strain. So that's a big plus for me as a cultivator. <laughs> Cause it's like, let's admit, you know, let's, let's advance this to a real conversation. I've talked to so many studied, uh, I've been going around to different universities and they don't ever say strain. In fact, 
a lot of people are like really stepping away from that because of the whole COVID thing. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, so yeah. thank you for, that's exciting. That in and, it's, in and of itself to hear a cultivator like use the, I know it's a, a small thing, but you know, for me, it's it's big. <laughs> it's funny big. that you look out for something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, that. it's just because I get stuck on small details, but people have heard me say this time and time again, but strain is a word for microbiology, fungus or viruses. It's not in, um, I always forget the goddamn word, a horticulturist's vernacular. You know, like it's yeah. not in their dictionary. They don't the strain, like unless there's a fungus that's within their greenhouse. Like, yeah, there's a new fucking strain of a <laughs> fungus that's wreaking havoc on our lettuce. But yeah, anyways, I, I just wanted to give you props on the little details. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're, we're excited. You know, I think we think terpenes are the future and, and definitely, you know, our plan to educate the consumer more about that, I think, is you know going to be the key to the success of kind of changing that narrative. Yeah. Can I ask you what I know is a premature question? You talk about legislative work i saw that your cultivation center is fifth is could be built out for fifty thousand square feet of canopy um do you i mean i feel like this is a rhetorical question but do you have any plans to make it so that you could take advantage of all of that canopy yeah because i know yeah, I mean, right so, now it's fourteen thousand. so so yeah i mean all right so the first thing is the building is like is fifty thousand square feet okay right so, you know, we've got extraction and infusion areas, sure. right? Uh, obviously, you know, locker room, whatever, bathrooms and all, little small office, right? That type of thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for the uh, the canopy standpoint, right? It's really designed to be able to house 14,000 square feet of flying canopy. Gotcha. Right? But we had to start off with five. So that's the goofy part is like, you know what I'm saying? You build out a little bit and then like once we're operational, we have to keep, you know, building out, which is not good from a cross-contamination standpoint. Yeah. Like... So that's why we want to start. You want to, we want to do everything, right? We want to be able to optimize that, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing, though, too, is I mean, it can also we can't go upwards. So we're we, we're kind of already building it out with, you know, the power needed. You know how we're gonna add HVAC. Um, you know the rolling racks even have kind of steel grates that come out when you when they come apart, so you have like a, a second walkway if you need it, right, for the, uh, for, for, you know, essentially to go upwards if we were to get another license. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, those are two things that we're advocating for. Um, but at the same time, I think for, for me, the, the most important thing is just like, we're not concerned about like just our success sure. in this space. Like to me, that's important. Like we don't want to, at the end of the day, we don't want to be the only success, successful ones that like really make it, right? Yeah. Like yeah, then that, would that, that, that wouldn't be good for us. You, you know? need competition. So, yeah. So, yeah. Healthy and, competition. Yeah. Right. And, and, and in some instances, you can even look at it like we're not competition because, you know, what we provide in terms of the market share they have, from a capacity standpoint is like is like peanuts. Yeah. You know, on the broad scale of things. Yeah. Right? Thank you for acknowledging that because <laughs> I, you know. But, but yeah, I mean, so like when we go down and we advocate for things, it's like, you know, everything is done also with the intent of like thinking about everybody else who's in here and like might not be in the same position in certain areas yeah. and like what will help them, you know what I'm saying, succeed. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. And uh, I think one of the things you said earlier, sorry to bounce around, because um, that's like a deeply important topic for me, if you couldn't tell, but like one, one thing you said earlier, I just don't want to forget it because I've heard it, I've myself predicted it. Do you believe that one of your upward, like it's, it's going to be a little bit of a battle, you know what I mean? Uh, like, like you, you questioned me earlier, like how competitive will it be and stuff? I, you know, I don't know. Um, but do you think one thing you alluded, one of you alluded to, and I've alluded, I've predicted it before and I've heard other people say it, it's that maybe, uh, there will be a price drop all of a sudden when you guys come on market to make it really hard for you to compete? Or are you not really worried about that because you're insulated as a vertical operator? I would say <clears throat> we're not that, that's actually something we're looking forward to uh, simply because the retailers. So right now there's 110 retailers in the state and yeah. the, the new 185 are what we're excited about for us because we'll be part of that group. Um, and we plan to obviously get more retails of our own. But there's mm -hmm. a lot of other retail owners that we've been working with, networking with that support our movement 
and want to support us and have our products on their shelves. So, you know, I think the, the goal long term is to your point is to, you know, make sure that we have enough retail so that the more retails we have internally, we can sell more of our product through our own existing retails that we own. Yeah. You know, where it becomes more competitive is the outside, you know, areas where you're competing for shelf space or maybe with the bigger MSOs that want to put most of their products on their own shelves. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know personally, like, how I feel about, oh, what's the likelihood that the MSOs are going to, pers- like, you know. And not even just the, the MSOs, but the, yeah. just the about? current operators, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, the current operators, period. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because we talked about that, that last time. Though, in my opinion, very low right off the bat. I don't think that yeah. is. But we talked about that last time. I don't mean to, like, retread water, but, you know, so there are current operators, and most of them are MSOs. Yeah. And that I like that you went out. Uh, I believe it was you. You came out and ma- made sure to clarify that you know being a multi-state operator is kind of the goal. MSO does not equal evil. Right. Yeah. right. Just because yeah. the current people might disagree with the current multi-state, the the current you know selection of multi-state operators we have, yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. Coca-Cola is a multi-state operator. Yeah. Like the goal is to be in every store everywhere. Yeah. And, and thanks <laughs> yeah. for clarifying too with that point, right? Because MCO. I was I was using them interchangeably a little bit. Even yeah, yeah. Though that, Some know, people do not. that. And so, yeah, yeah. You know, they're not. Just like in Illinois, sometimes it feels like that. So you can it like, does. <laughs> it does. It does. You know? And actually, I've talked to people, you know, you like go to protests or whatever and people were like, fuck the MSOs. And it's like, I'm like, I'm like what are the MSOs? And they're like, it's all the people that are operating. I'm like, you realize... I think at least two of them are not multi-state operators, which yeah. I know it's just two. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, they're basically right by referring to them collectively as the MSOs. But no, it's 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 good to be clear about yeah, what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah, and it, not only to be clear about what the actual circumstances are, but the fact that, in my opinion, being a multi-state operator would be the goal. Right. 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 You know, like Mike Malcolm, he is technically a multi-state operator because he has Kronja rolling uh, trays available in dispensaries here. May not be a cannabis product, but he's also got them available along with Karanja. Shout out to him, by the way, uh, weed on the weed maps list, uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. But anyway, he's a multi-state operator. But to your point, man, to your point. (laughs) Who is that? Like, our... I don't know if I'm if I didn't say this before or not, right? But I was saying our, our goal isn't necessarily become an MSO. Like that's not our goal, right? Like our goal is to is to grow smartly. Sure. First of all, focusing here in Illinois, yeah, our home state. That's it. Outside of that, if there's value in doing something like a partnership, you know, in another area, like that can turn into you know MSO type of opportunities. Sure. But it's just based off of like. The relationships we have and like hey this is why it's a good thing for the overall brand and the business the way things work together and connect mm-hmm. and like that's the only reason why we would do it not because we just want to get big and be a you know saying multi that's what i meant yeah, 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 yeah that's what i meant i don't mean that i didn't mean to speak for you guys and say that's your goal as the 1937 <laughs> group is to become an mso uh, i was trying to say like that's the ideal goal for anybody that would get in the game of i mean i look at it as you know not necessarily from that context, but it's just work. You know, if you're if you're doing good work, why not do good work in other areas? If you Bingo. Can help out other yep. communities. Yeah. You know. Well said. Well said. Well, hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, I've had a lot of fun today. Um, so we'll have we'll have close ups of this weed we've been talking about, along with the branding and everything else. Um, you know. There are, um, I believe another, there's, there are more rounds of cultivation licenses and dispensary licenses. I think at at this point, at least the bill calls for 500 dispensaries. So for folks that are like wondering if there's more, there is. And I think it, I think as of this point, I spoke to Dave Lakeman, as I was telling you guys before we got on air from the Illinois department of ag, he said that at this point, they have actually met their legislative goals. So for a while we were catching up, not only because of litigation that we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. you know, like you guys had technically been awarded the license, but you couldn't have it yet, that whole weird situation. And then when they finally let that go, which hallelujah, we're out of the, those woods, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but crazy. <laughs> crazy times, crazy times. So yeah, um, 
Well, any any last uh, thoughts? Anything anything that we haven't specifically uh, touched on? Um, I'm not saying we have to wrap up because things might come up in my mind, but I want to make sure that you know we've I've been trying to say what what's going to be on the shelves, how we can find you online. Kush you know, League official is the IG handle. Kush League Kush official, and, and then yeah. Turp Kings Turp official. Turp Kings official, yeah. Those are cool two brands, IGs. But uh, but yeah, no man. I I think for me it was good to be able to just sit down, chat with us, smoke some weed, talk, like tell you what what we've been up to, you know, just underscore like what it is that we're about, what we put into this, and you know, just why we're excited to be where we're at. Yeah, and maybe I'll come back and see you in November. <laughs> yeah, or some sometime around there. We'll have to definitely <laughs> this the KVL International Flower Ball. November yes, 5th. yes, and I'm gonna get that inner information so we can not only have it in the podcast but promote it. So um, that's gonna be an event you don't want to miss. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, this won't be the last time we sit down with the 1937 group on the Chillinois podcast. I'm really excited for what the future uh, holds for you. And um, I just really want to thank you for spending your Saturday with me and uh, again for returning to the podcast, Ambrose. Um, folks, if you didn't know, you know, this stuff costs a lot of money. I had to run all this stuff in um, and you can donate to us at chillinoynet slash support. I spend a lot of money to do all this and to produce this media for you for absolutely free so if you're able to contribute any amount of money or just leave me a positive review i'll take that as support um chillinoy.net slash support ambrose i wanted to thank you for supporting me once you were one of my first contributors and uh it it meant a lot to me and i'll never forget that like even little amounts folks it it means a lot because to produce this media to capture this media all the equipment that's required all the licensing fees for the software to manipulate all of this media and i've like had to literally go to college to like learn how to do some of this stuff <laughs> you know um I, i'm doing this because i love to do this but if you're able to support me at all by leaving a positive review or just throwing me a dollar or two chillinoy.net slash support or like I say, positive review on your preferred streaming platform. The1937group.com will have all of the handles we mentioned in today's show in the podcast description. So if that's easier for you to get connected with Ambrose and Alex and the whole team at the 1937 group, uh, just look in that podcast description, folks. We got the links in there for you. So, um, well, on that end, I think we're about to smoke some more weed. And uh, because we're in Illinois, I mean, come on, Absolutely. it's legal. Let's, let's, let's it. put it in the air. So yeah. we'll see you next time on the Illinois podcast. Yeah.